Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Welcome back to another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, a podcast that is partly about persuading you to get out and play golf with your mates and try and follow in the uh, footsteps of your heroes around courses around the world. But more recently, we've become somewhat fixated by what's going on in the wider world of golf. And so we've started to introduce that into the podcasts. So tonight, we're going to welcome you to the Sahith Thagila Suite here in the uh, in the complex. It's one of our new favourite suites, and we'll get round to that in a couple of minutes. But uh, as usual, sitting in the co-host chair across from me uh, is my good mate Des, still recovering from his rib yes, injuries. But last yes. time we spoke, you were hoping to play your first bit I, of golf. Yes, yes. Good evening, Martin. Yes, and I did. I, uh, I actually went out just for nine holes, uh, uh, and it was... Quite okay. I was pleasantly surprised now, and even the next morning, I didn't have any major uh, side effects or anything. So yes, I'm 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 a happy puppy. Thank you. Well, I was going to say that first swing. How tentative was the first yeah, swing? It was. It was. And you know, um, I, I, I stuffed the first one, but actually later but on, that's, I, that's I, what you do most well, weeks. Of course, well, that's true. And uh, but I had a lovely two. You know, so I, I had a two hundred yard. You'll know the the seventh down to the cottage. Had a lovely and you had a two down there, and I slotted in a ten foot putt for a two. And of course, I didn't go into the twos competition. Well, for listeners uh, from around the world. The seventh at our glass is about a 200-yard par three. Correct, correct. Okay, because not everybody will know no. that you've just played the seventh at our glass, you know. It's, <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Thank you're, God. You're back. Okay. Also joining us this evening, but from a remote location, because our resident young person, Mike, is currently recovering from what he's calling COVID 2.0. So, Mike, how are you feeling? And can you hear us okay out there? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Um, I'm I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Uh, COVID 2.0 has struck, albeit um, unlike my golf, at least I'm consistent. Uh, I've got it uh, two to twice uh, on two nights out. So uh, consistency is coming to the fore with uh, with COVID. But well, feeling much better. Thank you. That that is the advantage of being a resident young person is that you do things like you go out of an evening, mm-hmm. um, yes, and and then when you come back, you're still wide awake enough to watch the golf as opposed <laughs> to, uh, you know, some yes. of us who are who are a little more sedentary. Oh, these I remember days. those days. Yes, yes. Well, I remember days when you could party like it was 1999. Because do you know what? It was It was 1999. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway. Well, it's poor. And I was just 15. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Which is why you are the resident young person of this group. Uh. <laughs> okay. And me, I'm recovering from all the events of the weekend. I mean, what an unusual weekend oh. in the world of golf. In fact, this is why we're actually recording this episode of the podcast only... I think only four days after we released the most recent episode with a friend of the show, Sam Harrop, who uh, was on. And then a whole lot of stuff occurred that meant that we had to come in and do what we almost call a follow-up podcast um, because so much is happening. But we're going to get to a lot of those things and we'll just start, we'll ease into into the whole thing um, and we'll talk a little bit about TPC Scottsdale and the WM Open. No, they yeah. don't call it the Waste yeah. Management Open they anymore. They don't call it anymore. I saw that, yes. It's yes. not, you have to say the WM. I mean, again, Martin, I, uh, a crazy four days in Arizona and uh, we've played it. We know all about it. Uh, and I think I said uh, the last time it was on a year ago, um, probably got the best four finishing holes. But what about the 16th this week? It did explode a wee bit. Uh, I, I think they've even renamed it the Coliseum. 
They had, I mean, the place was mental. Now, Mike and I exchanged a couple of messages across uh-huh. the, the weekend. Um, and, and Mike, by the way, when I stop responding to your messages, it generally means I've fallen asleep. And it doesn't mean I've lost interest in what you're saying. But, I mean, some of the celebrations, I get the two hole-in-one celebrations. They yes, went absolutely yes. ballistic. And for, for <laughs> certainly for a non-zero or a zero-waste event, uh-huh. uh, they certainly created a little <laughs> bit of waste, admittedly mainly uh, aluminium cans, aluminium bottles, and, and various things. Never mind Coliseum. I think yeah. you should recall it or rename it the Beer Can Alley. You know? A Beer Can Alley might, oh, be, might be a bad thing. Dear. But like me, Mike, you began to get a little up upset is upset fair when they started celebrating things that weren't really as special as yeah. the two holes in one from my point of view look i i think it's the main thing about this week was this was an incredibly important week for the pga particularly to to showcase um their product um against everything else that's going on which we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll touch on i think the, the the celebrations and everything at 16 very much it aids towards sort of growing the game, and I think um, the reaction to the to the two hole ones were 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 apt. I think where it got a wee bit over the top whenever there were beer or beer cans starting to come onto the green, whenever people were making birdies and stuff. You know, Harry Higgs and, and Joel Damon aside. I think I we think may well come back to them. They 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 get a little yeah. special place in my uh, in this evening's yeah. pod. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I think that the main thing that, that I look, don't get me wrong. Am I, I, do I support that? Absolutely. I think it's great. I think it's great for growing, the, for growing the game, for getting young people into it and showing the, the sheer excitement of it. I think the main thing that, that I noticed was uh, Patrick Cantley had a, had a putt coming down the stretch um, mm. that went into one of the indents that the That's cans right. had made. So look, I, 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 do I support it? Absolutely. Do I think it's a good thing? Yes. Uh, a wee bit more moderation? Possibly. Well, interesting, you see, now, with all those sort of celebrations, and as you say, Harry Higgs and Joel Damon, and, you know, up, up on his shirt, which I, I had predicted with, I thought, Terrible Terrell Hatton might have done that at Saudi, you know, but um, you got to bear in mind as well, Mike, is that the Netflix cameras are beginning to roll now, and there's yeah. a boosted $50 million PIP fund to play for this year. Will yeah. we see this behaviour become a more common appearance now, you know? Uh, I wouldn't like to think so. I but. don't think you will because I think that whole lends itself to that. They've created the amphitheatre and, yes, and yes. you know, it basically, as they call it, the Coliseum, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a reason for that. But um, the reality is on a standard event, I just don't see that, that occurring. But what I did notice... And these golfers these days are phenomenal athletes. Yes. Yeah. But fair play to Harry Higgs and Joel Damon <laughs> for having what I would call normal bodies. Bad <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going yes. to be intimidated yes. if I see Harry Higgs on the beach. No, no. Um, you yeah. know, it, it's, you know, he is, and in fact, I think one of Sam's songs uh, was called Big Beautiful, and I think okay. we all understand yes, yes. now why, why it was named <laughs> as such. But I have to say, they made me laugh. I, they, they were. I think if they yes. repeated yeah. it, it wouldn't make me laugh. No. It would be looking like, but your point, actually, yeah. uh, because this is very rare, Des, and I'm going to say this on the pod uh, with a witness, oh. with a witness. I have very rarely said to you, what an insightful thought you just yes, had. Exactly. That whole thing about the <laughs> Netflix cameras rolling and the new PIP fund uh-huh. and all the rest of it. I mean, yeah, that is going to feature. Social in media, fact, yeah, yeah. In fact, somebody somebody said there should be three series. There should be a series on Netflix about the majors, a series about the PGA Tour, and a series about the 16th at Scottsdale. <laughs> and, you know, because yes, there yes. is very much that, that sort of feel to it. Absolutely. I, was, I saw a lot of exchange from Chad Mum, uh, who's one of the producers or, the, or one of the executive directors on on uh, the show, coming out and basically attesting to the fact that they were there for for all of the coverage. So it will be in the Netflix documentary. Yes, I yes. think that's an incredible, incredibly powerful piece of of, of production. 
Well, also they were saying that for the first time ever, I think it's CBS were covering that in the States, and they had Colt Nost sitting by the 16th doing the player yeah. interviews as they wandered past, yeah. oh. and which was a new thing. And, so of course, they couldn't have done it better to be there at a year when they'd got two holes in one, one yeah. on Saturday, one on Sunday, and plus all of that. But I was listening to one of the other uh, podcasts, the No Laying Up podcast, which, Mike, you put me onto a number of months ago and, and has become a regular listen. And they were saying they've been somewhere before where those aluminium bottles have been thrown when somebody made a hole in one or something. And one of the guys says, yeah, I got hit by a couple of those. Well, it's all very well if they're yeah, empty. But yeah. if they're still a quarter or half but full, it hurts. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought you some of those see players, most of them were. I, yeah. I felt sorry for the referees who were running away from it. But you know what I read? Was like, I couldn't believe this. But do you know that is the first hole in one in seven years at that? Yes. And and it, it, they actually totted it up that there's been 2,851 attempts since, and who was, the, do you know the last hole in one? I do. Oh. Mike? Do you, Mike? Mike is our uh, resident I, young I, person. I, Were you allowed I to stay I up do. that I, late back then, seven years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I think, is it fair, Francesco Molinari? Oh, very good. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this is the thing is... Uh, you know, Mike does. Mike does his research, and he was sitting there. I can see him on the, so on my screen on the phone. He, he, he's he's looking at it. He's going. I think he has his cheat notes all the way around the room, and he's just. Uh, you know, well, I wouldn't want our listeners to think we didn't we didn't arrive in this with some sort of preparation, but no. I think that, you know the the WM uh, Open at Scottsdale. It, they're saying now is one of the marquee events. Yes. On the tour, yes. And do you do you know the thing they were saying this week, which I, I surprised me? It it holds the record for the most number of people who go to a golf event, yeah. And it's held that record year on year for many yep. many years now. And it was Rich Beam was saying um, that one day this year they stopped releasing the numbers because they they yeah. just said nobody's going to come close. Okay. And they reckon that one day this year they had over two hundred and fifty thousand on the course. <laughs> Good grief. Now, 250,000, yeah. that is five times, that's over five times the size of the crowd that was at the Open uh-huh. at Royal Port Rush yes. when we were there. Because I think we had a limit of 45,000, no, we had a 45,000 per day limit on the four competition days. Yes. And they're talking about having 250,000. And I was watching the golf with um, my wife, who is a, a keen golfer as well, and she was saying, where do they all park? <laughs> <laughs> Only I'm, a woman would think that I'm, way. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going, well, there's quite a lot of space around the place. But yes, but like, that's, you know, if yeah. 2.5 people come per car, yeah, but I mean, it's 100,000 cars. Uh, Arizona is a desert. <laughs> There's a I, lot I of there's a lot of free space about the I, place. I know, I know, but it was just one of those things where you just go, yeah, that's yes. a very good point. Where are because you and I have been there. It's not like there's tracts of empty desert just lying right around no, the golf no. course. Yeah, but the other good point is, uh, and again, John John Ram uh, had a good he had another top ten. Uh, I mean, he is now thirty one weeks at number one. Yeah, he only has something like what is it nine and a bit years? Uh, no, well, he's got five to five years, three months to, to surpass Tiger. And but the other one, he, he, Dustin Johnson was the last guy to hold it for a long time in twenty twenty. He had thirty eight weeks. So John Ram's catching. Yeah, I mean, once you get there, it, it's easier to stay there. You know, because somebody's got to put together a string of results, whereas yes. you're trading off the back of results that have got you up there. But yeah. They all they all fall back at some point. I mean, somebody pointed out that Rory is trending in the right direction because the last time he dropped to below a certain level on the uh, OWGR uh, rankings, you know, he he bounced right back up to number one, and he's done it twice. So he's up to number five at the moment. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. pretty good because he moved up. He moved up a week or over two weeks. He didn't play. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah I think that's yeah. great. By the way, I think we should mention on the way past since we're doing a kind of an up, an update pod. Yes, Scotty Scheffler won the event yeah. for his first yeah. ever PGA <laughs> first win. Ever. That's right. And actually, I quite like him, but yeah. I was rooting all the way down the stretch for Sahith Thagila, um, yes. who has made himself an army of fans. And I think actually that's very interesting because there are fans definitely to be picked up, as we will discuss yes. a little bit later. Yes. Some fans are looking for a new hero. 
And uh, uh, I think, I, and think I mean, that he was so unlucky. I mean, he just got that sort of bad bounce on the seventeenth, which which probably cost him the tournament or a playoff at least. Well, it definitely did. But I will say because I have actually driven that green, RT was a little further forward, yes, it listeners. Was. It just was. so we're clear. But I have had the exact same shot where I've hit the green, been cheering as it ran all the way up the green and over the back and into the water. And you go yeah. from thinking, I've a sort of fairly cast iron birdie because I'm on the green. I've a real possibility of an eagle. And then you're suddenly struggling to make your par because you're chipping back and trying to get it close yeah, yeah. to at least make your par. So, I mean, I, I did feel for him. And that's the thing in the situation he was in. You could have hit it up short and pitched up the green and had a really good chance of birdie. Yes, he went yeah. to he went to he, win the tournament there and then. And I love right. his I love his endeavor. I yep. loved his attitude. Uh, I became his golf swing is a little unusual. Yes, it's a bit yeah. different. Yep, but I do think uh, he is one for the future, and I think he will be somebody we were talking about. I mean, we recently mentioned Ashkai Bath- Bathaya, uh, who had won yeah. on the Corn Ferry Tour. But now we're talking about another new star on the PGA Tour. And this is going to become even more relevant if we see some departures from the PGA Tour. Yes, indeed. Because I still am um, of the impression that some of these guys have seriously misread the room. But we will will definitely come back to that. I love love the gala's um, story. 24 years old, turned pro 2020. Still live with his mum and dad. Drove the six hours from from SoCal to to, to Phoenix in his beat up old uh, Volkswagen, um, I, and you know, and just seeing his reaction whenever he came off the the course uh, with his family, with all the people that were to support him, and sort of seeing how much it meant to him. And I think the the what he what he basically said was that you know this this meant the world to me, even though we came up one short. Um, and I, I have to say, what what gusto and determination that guy showed to, to hold that six footer on the last. Oh, um, unbelievable. Well, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. It would have been but, very easy to, to miss that. But you do, you, you raise a question in me, Mike, which is, and I've seen the pictures, and he had about 30 family members there watching him. Yeah. How many people can you get in a Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, do you know what university he went to? Pepperdine. Exactly. <laughs> but he left. He left and turned pro just ahead of them winning the NCAA. And by the way, listeners, any listener that was picking up a while ago, and we couldn't remember where Pepperdine yes. had actually won. And I remembered just after we'd finished recording. Okay. And the answer is, because you had said Grey Wolf, Des, which is up in Camden. I said, no, that's wrong. No. It's Greyhawk. Greyhawk, that's what I meant Greyhawk yes. in, yes. in um, Scottsdale. Uh-huh, in Arizona. Yep. So, again, of course, we have played, So, uh-huh. um, but that's fine. The other interesting one was this past weekend, uh, Charles Howell III was starting his 600th uh, PGA event. Now, I, my rough knowledge of Charles Howell III is that in a 20-plus year career, he has three career wins and over $41 million of on-course earnings. And it leads me to ask you both the question. I mean, what is $41 million nowadays? No. <laughs> Do you think he hates the PGA Tour? Oh, no, definitely not. Do He's you think, too nice a guy. Do you think Charles Howell is sitting there <laughs> thinking about obnoxious greed of the PGA Tour? No. Or is he going... I've earned on average over $2 million a year, plus some sponsorship, plus a lifestyle that you potentially. Yes. yes. And this is a guy whose name is well known. Mm-hmm. He so can probably a- walk down the street without being recognized. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's earned north of $2 million, an average of $2 million a year. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, st- he still looks but 20. He, he, was always, <laughs> he was always tipped to be, you know, a. a the, the sort of the breakthrough player and, and if, if memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure he also, similar to, to, to Gala, left in his final year at Oklahoma State, came out, would have, would have emerged and, and come out at the same time as uh, Adam Scott and stuff came onto the tour in, in, in the around sort of two, uh, early 2000s. And I was watching actually uh, an interview that he gave this week on the back of it, obviously being his 600th um, uh, appearance and him sort of saying, you know, I, I, I eagerly left university and thought, oh, you know, I've got seven events. I just need to get to this money, this money multiple to secure my card. This will be really straightforward. And he said, I was so incredibly naive um, just how difficult it is out here. And he said, but 
I, I, I basically owe my life to, to the PGA Tour, um, and, and I'm very grateful for everything that they've, they've done. So I, I think there's there's very different uh, the, uh, aspects and, and, and um, way in which people are, are, are you know, relating their experiences. Yes. I think that is that is fair play, and I think this is going to be partly a recurring theme of tonight's podcast. Is starting to look back at what maybe, you know, the the we're we're almost into the old Monty Python sketch, which is well, what did the Romans do for, for me? <laughs> yes. Well, they built the aqueduct. Well, okay, apart from the aqueduct, well, there yes. was there was education. Oh, oh, yes, okay, apart from education, <laughs> yes. the aqueduct, roads, okay, okay. But I mean, I think there's been a lot just recently of people forgetting exactly what the PGA Tour has offered so many people for so long. And, you know, here we are sitting, having a major discussion about some other issues. And that leads me into, again, the next point. And and it's before we even reach the elephant in the room at some point. Uh But, you know, Charlie Hoffman. Mm. What on earth (laughs) went wrong? Now, Charlie Charlie placed the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, having put one in the mm-hmm. water, and it eventually it rolled back into the water, and he got a, a penalised a second time. And, yes. but that is, and that happened by the way, same event to Ricky Fowler a couple of years ago, and you know Charlie's argument was, I thought the, this rule had been changed because this mm-hmm. was ridiculous, yes, yes. and I get that. Up to that point, I'm kind of going, yeah, you've been penalised once, you shouldn't be penalised twice. Okay, but Charlie didn't stop there. No, no. Char- Charlie went broken arrow. <laughs> Charlie, what is going on? I mean, is this the quote you wonder why guys are waiting to leave the PGA? If we can't protect yeah. our players, if we can't do so, and I'm going, you know, I get the point that you were making right up until the point you just decided to go off the reservation. Yes. Which is probably a phrase I can't use anymore. Not not in Arizona. um, (laughs) But, you know, what on earth was going on? He just blew a gasket. Now, he has tried to walk it back. He has tried to delete the post. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, and I posted on Twitter, because there's a lot of unkindness on Twitter, and Mm -hmm. I try to be Mm -hmm. very positive and nice about these things. But I did post on Twitter, did Charlie go back to his hotel room and find out he didn't have an offer from the Saudis? <laughs> and then yeah. and then suddenly go, oops. Yeah. And but he sits yeah. on the player advisory he does, board. Of course, that's, that's the, more, uh, the, the irony that even Paul McGinley was bringing up about that. And, but the other thing, of course, is that his comments were, were, were backed up by Phil. And, 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 and Bryson, Bryson, and Bryson responded yeah. wholeheartedly agree. The, the, the duplicity of it all, you know, whenever it, he comes out and he says you know, there's no accountability, there's no transparency, we need protection and we need consistency and everything. And that, 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 is, that is a very scathing in, in, indictment and, and, a, and a fairly hefty indictment at the level against um, the PGA Tour. And then came back the next day with the tail between the legs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for the PGA Tour. But, but, but mm-hmm. having said that, he, he made the apology, but then sort of said, but I stand by what I said. Yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So was, I, uh, I just it's it's um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a strange one. Who is uh, Charlie's main sponsor? Oh, waste management. Waste management. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in fact, um, because I, I do I do like sort of these things, and I mean, Mike, you're not the only one who prepares with with stuff here, uh, and all the rest <laughs> of it. Yes. There, that that what I am showing Michael uh, on the screen is a photograph of Charlie on the final day. There he is there in the full WM colours, marching along proudly, being all uh, conscious of his carbon neutrality, um, which is about the only thing that appeared neutral with him over the entire weekend. Um, But he is... Do do we think he's trying to... Sorry to cut in there, Martin. Do do we think he's trying to... to to start the gaslighting, to to create the momentum for him to, to do the jump? Oh, there's, uh, I, there's I, something in it. Mike. I'm not convinced. And actually, what I wrote, which uh, on the on my notes here was, uh, you know, Charlie Hoffman at a zero waste tournament empties the garbage bin onto the front lawn, um, <laughs> and and I think I think that's exactly what he did. Absolutely. I just think it's one of the stupidest rants I get, and he should have gone in and spoken to tour officials and said, guys, this is ridiculous. You know, how are we yeah. getting penalized twice for the same, the same thing? 
you know yeah, that that's yeah. that's not yes. good enough. I I I can't I can't do be having that. No, the direction he went off in, there's a lot more behind it, Mike. I I do yeah. I, I agree with your thinking there, uh, and it'll be very interesting in the next few weeks as to what happens and who jumps ship yeah. or whatever I, I way think you want. Particularly, to. I think particularly what you're saying there, Des, as well, is that as soon as as soon as that post landed, who was straight in behind. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. to to support him, so yeah, yes, yes, watch yes. that space. Yeah, well, actually, um, I mean that is leads us leads us on because we've just drifted naturally towards the debate about the the Saudi the SGL yep. uh, and who now I you know if we actually if we're going sort of back a couple of weeks, um, and you know I, we were saying on the podcast last in the last few days days yep. that we had seen footage from Pebble Beach and we'd seen footage from Ras Al Khaimah mm-hmm. and you or I hadn't seen any footage nope. of the Sorry. Saudi International mm-hmm. interestingly our resident young person was able to find somewhere on the, oh. the, the somewhere on the net um some sort of coverage did you watch much of the coverage oh. mike educators I I I watched uh, so Free Sports um, were doing a sort of a, a trial free subscription whereby you had a limited uh, watching window of about two hours uh, each morning, and then if you wanted to sort of um, enhance your your subscription, you could do so and pay for it and get the the rest of it. So I, I watched. I think it was the the Thursday morning and uh, part of the Saturday morning, and. To be perfectly honest, guys, it was looked a bit barren. There wasn't very much in the way of, of excitement. The course didn't look that sort of exciting. So I, I watched it just just out of interest just to see see what was going on. But it was it was it was pretty it was pretty lacking in terms of of actual um, you know crowd and, and different things. So I, I didn't stick with it. And obviously, atmosphere lacking an atmosphere totally. Absolutely, mm. yes, absolutely. Yep. Well, it's it's very hard for the crowd to clap with only one hand. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, at the same time when nothing is going on at the Saudi International, mm-hmm. that there's no excitement. Yeah, Jordan Spieth is playing a shot off the cliff top at uh, number eight at Pebble Beach, inches from a sixty-eight foot drop that could have ended not only his career but his life, and he he played the shot and put it on the back of the green. Somehow scrambled a par. I mean, I, I, that I, is an insane. I don't know what the issue is here. Look, come down to our glass. We play that every week at the second. You know, so it's not that big a deal. Yes, but the, <laughs> the difference is, you know, you don't do it on TV and all the rest well, of maybe it. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but I mean, any of us who watched that shot, and I have it actually, and, and again, this is one of the the great joys of the in the footsteps of John's podcast because. Over the last 35 years, we've actually gone and played some of these courses. And I've had the great fortune to play Pebble Beach only once. But both myself and one of my mates uh, hit great drives up that hole, not realising, because we hadn't memorised enough, not realising that we were going to tank it into that very ravine. Mm, so yeah. I have hit a ball from the inside the red line. You know, I had to drop a ball and made a five from up there, which for me, it was, by the way, hitting a five iron from up there uh, to get yeah. it down. And that, to me, is probably the most one of the more remarkable bogeys I've ever made. Yeah. But standing up there, when you walk up, it's a very weird thing because it's a slightly domed edge. And as you yeah. walk towards it, you don't actually see this huge chasm. And then suddenly you do, and you go, flipping heck, mm-hmm. I didn't remember. <laughs> I didn't remember that was here and when I was doing it. But so I actually have had the experience of walking up to more or less the same place to walk closer to have my left foot within two or three inches of the edge of the cliff. I would have to say, I don't think I'd have done it. No, no, I was going to did you, did you hear the, the, the Twitter page? I think it was like Greenskeepers uh, executive or a saying, he said, you think, you think that's bad? Try cutting it. <laughs> really? yeah. yeah, but hang on, hang on. You get a fly mo, and you just uh-huh. you just let it drift out to the edge. At worst, you lose a fly mo. Yeah. It's not like you drive the tractor along no. the edge, going oh, Don't want to go, but but they've, right, they've, they've probably got drones to do it now. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. But and anyway, at the same time as nothing was happening at the Saudi International, uh, Nikolai Hoygaard 
was winning in spectacular fashion at Raz Al Khaimah, where and that was his second win, and he's twenty years old, mm-hmm. and his twin brother Rasmus is twenty years old, obviously because they're twins, uh-huh. and he has won three times. And I think um, that, uh, you know, they were saying that between them, they've won something like five of the last 15 events. Oh, dear. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Over last year and into this year. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they are they are definitely regarded as really strong contenders. Coming up, Thomas Bjorn was saying they are going to be stalwarts of the Ryder Cup going yes, forward, yeah. years to come. Uh, yep. et cetera, et cetera, when it's not captained by Ian Poulter or Lee Westwood <laughs> or some of these other people. Well, will Ian Poulter be allowed back to the Ryder Cup? Oh, there's still speculation with him in Saudi and... Was it? I've even heard he's he's been offered thirty million dollars now. But oh well. Well, I mean, the numbers. This is the thing: is there is there's no numbers that are yet absolutely confirmed. But what there is, and and we're we're easing towards the elephant in the room uh-huh. here, uh, and everything that uh, comes with that. But I mean. When Harold Varner III, who, by the way, we mentioned in the podcast. We did, we did. We actually mentioned in our preview pod um, of that event that, you know, that one of their top, when one of your top names is Harold Varner III, who's a lovely fella, <laughs> uh-huh. and I, I really like watching him play, but he's not necessarily a huge prolific winner. No. And I think that was his second win. I think he'd only won one event before. So yeah. I'm delighted yeah. for Harold. Yes. I'm delighted that he wins a, a, a one million pound because um one million dollar prize. Uh-huh. Uh, presumably he didn't get as much appearance money as some of the others. So he his it's been well worth doing for him. The best bit of that entire tournament was his eagle putt on eighteen from about yes. a mile and a half yeah. away, <laughs> which went in and then he went a bit mental. But even then, yeah. the atmosphere surrounding that putt going in was still pretty yeah. limp. But you know, and 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 I, and part of me sort of thinks that 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 in in a way made up for the lack of atmosphere, that sort of that real real sparkling finish, and it sort of it had me a bit a bit perturbed on the basis that it was such a stellar finish, it was so notable, it was it was as you say a mile and a half away uh, in terms of the putt. And that's the reason why it was so so important that the the PGA put on a, a, a showcase this week, and you know having two holes in one, uh, shirtless golfers and thousands of very happy fans um, together with uh, the emergence of. And I think this comment gets and this moniker gets thrown around too loosely uh, nowadays. Like you know, one of golf's nice guys uh, in the form of, of of the gala, and and seeing him come to the fore. I, I know Phil has always been referred to and carried that moniker um i would go as far as to say that 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 started to fade away um and he could have he could have picked up an awful lot of fans this week well i i think uh thigala will pick up an enormous number of phil's fans especially the Great. fans that phil throws away so casually <laughs> um and and actually this is this is an interesting one for me because if we talk about being on this podcast and and talking honestly as fans of the game and you know having watched it I have been through the complete uh, emotional swing with Phil in my time watching golf. When Phil first arrived, I thought he was eh, not my cup of tea at all. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't like some of the comments he made. He certainly called most of the women in the UK ugly at a point in time. <laughs> okay. That's a famous uh, thing where he got really? himself into all sorts of trouble. You know, Phil, uh, I, I never really warmed to him. And then we got to the middle part of his career and he finally in 2004 got his Masters win and he mm-hmm. broke through. and he started battling with Tiger and he's yeah, coming and, up and again. Was, yeah. And suddenly, you know, everybody became, and he, he got this thing, the big thumbs up, the, you know, I'm the man of the people. Uh-huh. The crowd loved him. He took risks. Uh, that's fantastic. And then suddenly, out of nowhere. Uh, something that has touched him in the last two weeks, I, you would just say. Well, I, yeah. I would say when the first check was cleared in the bank <laughs> from signing yeah. uh, with yes. Greg. Now, I sent you both a piece of film that I found on YouTube, which was an interview that only went up on YouTube about a week or 10 days ago, and that was uh, a guy coming to to ostensibly tour Greg Norman's house mm-hmm. and see Greg Norman's boat. Mm-hmm. And there were two things that were very, very interesting in that. First, Greg Norman said, the guy said, so have, has anybody signed? And he says, yes, mm-hmm. we have players signed. And he goes, and that's the first time I've ever said that on camera. Yes. And the second thing that um, Greg Norman said, 
And this one was one of the most laughable moments that I've seen anywhere. And Greg Norman said this seriously. He was showing the reporter around his multi-million dollar yacht. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I'm not materialistic. I actually <laughs> only have things that really work for the family and my grandson likes to fish. And I'm going, honestly, they're... It just tells you these guys are on another planet. And uh, Well, I, oh. I think that's the point. And I think what now is Greg has got access to um, the, the Saudi uh, fund that is basically saying, go make us palatable. Mm-hmm. Go use all your influence, everything you want to do. Go make us palatable. Yes. And when you start doing that and you can spend any amount of money, money becomes less of an object yeah. and, and yeah. is more yeah. of just so you can actually throw money at these guys to yes. get the credibility. And yeah. I'm convinced, I don't know what at you two boys, with, but just with Phil suddenly coming out mm-hmm. and saying all the things he said, and then we get to the second piece where he actually starts blocking journalists or anybody that has expressed opinion different to his. Well, I was reading that he came out and he said he was so disappointed by the attacks he has faced from the PGA and the DP world. And he actually sort of said, we're not in this for a fight. We're in this for the good of the game, you know, and you have to, oh dear... Yeah. It was just on like that. Sorry to cut in there, no, Des. No. Um, the I think one of one of our our our, our favourite um, journalists who isn't holding anything back came out this week and 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 in two, two two points to do with 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 Phil first because we're talking about him, but was you know all the stuff to do with you know media rights etc. and and the obnoxious greed uh, of the PGA, um, the words of, of Phil Mickelson and. Uh, the, the very well-renowned journalist came out and said, Phil cares about rights, just not the rights uh, abused by his Saudi pals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of thing. And, and yes. I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's a very fair you know, position to, to level it, Phil, um, because, it, you know, it is, it's, it's so hypocritical, um, some of the stuff that he's coming out with. Yes, yes. And in particular, the sort of the abandoning a lot of his fans and, and the, you know, obviously we, we, we've seen it firsthand with, with how um, he responded to, to Sam Harab. Yep. yep. Well, I actually listened to another podcast and I think it was the Sky Sports Golf Podcast and uh, Richard Bland was on and he was very careful in the language mm-hmm. he used, very, you know, but disappointed that people would be maybe stepping away from the tours that had effectively built their careers and uh, he was sort of saying that you know from his point of view and for a lot of players if they hadn't had a supportive tour they wouldn't have survived as long Mm -hmm. as they have etc etc andrew coltart was a lot more direct yes he was andrew coltart said i'm a little bit disappointed with some of the language some of our own players have used where you are talking about multi-millionaires going I'm just trying to feed my children. Yes. When people over here are entering fuel poverty, inflation is going through the roof, and people are struggling to pay their bills and put food on the table. Really, guys, it's tone deaf. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. need to be a little bit more aware. There is a complete detachment from the reality of the people who are going to these events, watching these events, and helping put money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And that is clear unequivocal is somebody who gets it and understands guys you're doing this for money uh-huh. this whole yeah. thing about yeah. i'm doing this yes. to grow go the, the game, game. <laughs> and well, go there. <laughs> at least have the decency to yes. up. and we we've said here i mean mike you know you, you're a young person you've got a half yeah. decent golf game if the saudis offered you 50 million for a five-year contract would you play <laughs> the, dif- the difficulty. I'm glad you asked Mike that question. Yeah, I know, but that's the point. It, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very difficult play because you know, obviously, you, you're looking at, at at a sum of money that is just so significant in terms of how it would impact um, your life, your family life, yes. set set your family up for 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 the rest of life. But at the same extent, you you've got to be sitting there thinking, okay, well, if, if my son and daughter get get down the line and look back and go, Dad took the money and there's uh, you know civil rights uh, abuse and all sorts of uh, of state sanctioned or allegedly state sanctioned um, murders of, of of journalists and different things. It just wouldn't sit well with me. 
and and you see the differences. You haven't already earned millions of dollars playing golf. Yes. Yeah. So for you, a fifty million dollar check might actually be somewhat of a surprise. Um, yeah. You know, whereas for a lot of these guys, they have made, and I mean, Phil Mickelson's on course earnings are just short of a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His off course oh, earnings and everything else, no. unless of course you know you have been spending it like there's no tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, and all the rest of it. And it leads me to another point. Okay, which is, and just before we get to Phil blocking journalists, what did Phil get paid $8 million for by the PGA Tour inside the last two months? Oh, go on. Educate. The PIP. Oh, did he? He's right. the top payout from last year's PIP. Dear goodness. And he got eight of the $8 million of the $15 million. Yeah. Ten players got awarded uh, payments. Phil got the top payment of $8 million. Yeah. That was for being positive, a positive influence, mm-hmm. player profile, yeah. player sorry, yeah, yep. player impact. Yep. You know, getting it out there, supporting money from the PGA Tour. Yeah. And literally yeah. two months later, I'm not even sure that check will have Jay Monahan's <laughs> signature dry on it yet. Yeah. But and oh, here he, here he is saying the PGA's obnoxious greed. You've yes. just got a check for eight million quid for uh-huh. being on Twitter. I mean, I don't know yeah. what the hazard. Any money been cited regarding Phil? Hundred, hundred. I, I yeah. heard. I just even read that the, the speculation that Bryson has now been offered up to two hundred million dollars to be the face of of the, of the Saudi League. And what he said, or what people said about him, is that if he took it, he'd play less events. He would still be eligible potentially for the U.S. Masters. If mm-hmm. if it's an invitational, he has won a lifetime invite to the U.S. Open, yeah. which isn't run by the PGA yeah. Tour yeah. anyway. The Open, which Phil Mickelson has lifetime exemption or up to mm-hmm. a certain point because he's a winner, a past winner. These guys can access three of the four majors, yeah. can be yeah. guaranteed money, play a less strenuous schedule, and still have good prize money to chase down. Yeah. And they're talking now about the fact that of the 10 events that are supposedly structured for the Saudi Gulf League, there will be six in the US. There'll be one on Sentosa Island in Singapore, one in the UK. The Saudi International, or a course in mm-hmm. Saudi, will host at least one. And I don't know... Yeah, there's 10 in total, so there's, there's one, ten in one total. left, yes. So, yes. so suddenly you start looking at it as your schedule might only be... 13 or 14 events, plus then a few other things that you're invited to. Mm -hmm. So I actually think this all gets, you know, quite... It just goes to show you, I I thought it was, I thought there was 12 and 10 of them were in the US. um, And that was the the big draw for for Bryson. I I could be wrong. I think that the the big thing there is, is that it feels to me that Bryson is probably already there. And, and I don't know if you guys saw it today, but Jim McLean coming out um, and saying reported sources saying to him that Bryson um, is taking the check and is going to the Saudi Super League. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing... That, and Phil. They're, mm-hmm. they're definitely and saying... Phil. And Phil. Yeah. But there was a, another player once on the, uh, another podcast this week. I have to say he was a player who I didn't instantly know, but apparently is currently something like 68th in the FedEx Tour. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I didn't know. And he has said he has heard the locker room chat is 17 have signed. Yep. That's what they're, they're speculating. 17, 17 have signed. Players have and signed. That, I mean, on that, Mike, the, the, the speculation grows after reports that Bryson told fellow PGA Tour players uh, at the Saudi International that he was done competing uh, on the PGA Tour. Uh, now, Bryson says that that was a false report, that he was quitting the PGA yeah. Tour. But the other thing actually interesting about Bryson is uh, he's going to miss this week's Genesis Open again because of injury. He's, caught, he's citing a hip and wrist injury. Well, he's citing the injuries now, but yes. some people say that's maybe a convenient yeah. thing. But I do think he is injured, and you certainly don't want to re-injure no. anything else because well, I, mean, I keep saying, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not sure it's a sale and return. That's that's him nearly out for a mm. month, really, you could say. And, I mean, he's due to defend his Arnold Palmer invitation at Bay Hill in a couple of weeks. So that will be very interesting I don't to think see. he's going. 
Well, he stated he would defend his title, and uh, but you know, let's let's wait and see. And it is the Arnold Palmer Invitational as well. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. think I think you know again, can the PGA Tour turn around and say, I know it's an Invitational tournament, it's sanctioned by the PGA Tour, etc., etc., et So you can't invite these boys, and that's still the big test that's out yeah. there as well, yeah. which yeah. is the legal position. Correct is can you actually ban these players, and will the tour be prepared to ban these yes. players, yes. and not only ban them but ban them for life uh-huh yeah. yeah yeah i haven't read the article yet i actually i printed it off and forgot to forgot to read it there um at the tail end of last week golf digest reporter did a deep dive and had uh i think the uh, three of the three of the top five law practices in in new york um uh, provide opinion on it now i can't remember what way it came down but um, it'll be an interesting read to dig into that and see exactly what came out of that. That'll be um, interesting, yes. I'd say there'll be a, yeah. lot, a lot of guys looking into that. But to me, one of the other interesting things about this at the moment is, you know, some of these superstars are throwing away fans. Mm-hmm. Because as yet, you don't know what the product on offer is going to be. I mean, you know, Colin Morikawa came out and said in the last day or so, that is fine. But would you just tell me even what it actually is? He accepts he's been offered money. Yes, And he's not intending to take it. But he said, there's no detail. He says, Mm -hmm. I don't actually know what it is I'm actually being asked to take part in. Well, again, I'm just talking about money. Uh, The Genesis Open this week, the purse has gone up from 9.3 million to over 12 million. And yeah. the, the winner you're talking about, uh, Barner the Third, getting a million pounds in in Saudi or in yeah, a million and, dollars on course, and I've yeah. no idea. Oh, I don't appearances be yeah. above that. What the, but, yeah. fund is. the winner of the Genesis uh, Open is going to win over just over two million. So I mean, yeah. USPGA are definitely up in the purse big time this year to to, to yeah. try and compete. Yeah. Well, yeah. what Colin Morikawa said exactly is, we've all heard rumours of this date, this date and this date. What are they waiting for? There still haven't been any names. We come back to evidence, concrete evidence of what's going on. It's an unknown. It's a hidden thing. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. And just a, a little poser, Mike, do you know who won the Genesis Open last year? It was Max Homa. Oh, correct. Probably one of the best predictions yeah. on our podcast. You were a week out there. If you <laughs> remember week out this, you, you missed it by but a week. That's, that was, yeah. I didn't like to bring that up again, boys. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, I, I remember like Riviera, I, and I, w- I would like to make this point, guys, but I think I might want to go back and, and dig up the, the top 10, and, and I completely overlook Riviera as a top 10 bucket list. But in terms of, you know this this whole uh, piece about growing the game. We saw it last week with the invitation of of, of the gala to um, Phoenix Open. We're seeing it this week with you know a diversity and an inclusion in the the, the Charlie Sifford uh, award uh, to the guy Aaron Aaron Beverly and you know Tiger Woods trying to grow that that aspect of it. So the, we're we're seeing that in the PGA. We're seeing we're seeing that that starting to come to the fore. You just don't know. I'm just not going to see how they're going to do that with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, I mean, Kyle Porter put up uh, only today uh, about the Saudi Golf League, and he's doing it. Them, it's happening. Us, what's happening? Them, you'll see, gonna be huge. Us, when, who, how huge? Them, you can't even imagine. Us, help me imagine. Them, monstrous beyond belief. Us, just give me the name of one player in your league. And uh, and then, my, I, I do love, because I, I do hope this is a real person, um, the the person who responded first to that was Bunky Perkins. Okay, no Bunky, yeah. Bun- Bunky <laughs> Perkins came up and said, "Many people are saying it more and more." This is the thing: is yes. they keep saying, uh-huh, "You know uh-huh. what's coming, what's coming, when, what's coming." When are they going to release? Yeah, and that's the whole point. Is actually, you would think they're talking about the first event being in June. You need a field. How yes. are you going to fill the field if if you don't have players signed? If you've players signed, why yeah. are you not saying? We've signed oh, these players. players. Players signed. I yeah. think there's players yeah. trying yeah. to hang on until closer and closer to June uh, I, before I, they declare, yeah, I'm out of here. And also, yeah. uh, on a point that you brought up, Mike, maybe they're still waiting on the latest uh, legal situation that might be coming out of it. Or yeah. the checks to clear. Oh, the checks to clear, yeah. that's true. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah call me old-fashioned. <laughs> I mean, even I read that Tony Jacklin uh, said that the guys would be mad not to take the millions. 
Well, I, I, I get it. Think, they're, they're yes. Guys, the, the amount of money, and we keep talking about this, yeah. the amount of money is insane. And the amount of money, it's guaranteed money. And I mean, if Poulter's offer has gone up to $30 million, yeah. his on-course PGA earnings over his career are something like 21 or $22 million, which, as I've said before, is not to be sniffed at. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, you're now being guaranteed $30 million uh-huh. just to sign and hang about. Because how much longer is Poulter going to retain his card uh-huh. on the PGA Tour? Yes. Because he's... You know, so, he's getting somebody, older and he's not as big a hitter and he's, you know, there are guys coming past all the time. That's what happens. Yeah, and I remember reading that about Poulter and they, they sort of said he's, he's, he's set for a Ryder Cup dilemma with it. And I thought to myself, has he got another Ryder Cup in him? And no, we've discussed this, you know. It's the captaincy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the captaincy ah, okay, that maybe, he's, maybe, he's going yes. to, you know, Poulter was an automatic to be a Ryder Cup captain. Yep. You couldn't yep. not think of him as Ryder Cup captain yeah. unless he joins this and uh, the tour goes. Now, yeah. last week, uh, and in fact, it was only last Wednesday night. We are one week on, recording this one week on from uh, the night Des, you and I sat and had our conversation with Sam Harrop. Sam, yep. And Sam is one of the people uh, who, well, last week, for all our listeners who, who listened to last week's podcast, you, you know that in Sam's dream four ball, he actually listed Phil. Because mm-hmm. not only is Sam a, a left-hander, he has been a huge Phil Mickelson fan for basically all of his time watching golf. Mm-hmm. And huge fan of Phil Mickelson. Put him in his dream four ball. And uh, we recorded that on the Wednesday. And on the Saturday night, stroke Sunday morning, depending on the exact timings, Phil Mickelson blocked an enormous range of people from yes. li- been following him on Twitter so that you can no longer interact with Phil. Including Sam. Yes. Well, that just tells you one thing, Phil. Obviously, listen to our podcast. Well, it, it may be, but <laughs> what I have is um, Sam's response on Twitter, which was, it was a fun ride, Phil. <laughs> just above the bit where it says, Phil Mickelson has blocked you. Yes. But the good thing about Sam being a songwriter and a parodist and, and being able to go and do it, he has actually released a, a new song in the last couple of days called Growing the Game. Yes. <laughs> and uh, which has made me laugh. And the actually for two days... It was so good. My Twitter feed has been filled with nothing but people complimenting Sam on yes. the latest song. When I last yeah. checked, it had had 126,000 views yes. of the little video he put out. And uh, Sam very kindly let us um, take... And we're only using an extract of the song. You can find the full song on YouTube... And uh, we've certainly waxed lyrical about this before. But here's an extract from Sam's Growing the Game. of Sam Harrop and growing the game and uh, that was his response so to good. Phil for actually blocking him uh-huh. uh, on, on Twitter and uh, to be honest uh, it covers a, a whole multitude of um, sort of issues within the game so I would thoroughly recommend you yes. look that out and that is a very subtle way of saying well thanks mate <laughs> I have been you know, I have been a I'm- fan of yours I'm just looking at the at the Twitter feed here just to see who's coming in and who's acknowledging it. Like Ross Fisher, the golfer's in there. Dolly Pepper um, is in saying fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Um, you've you've got a whole load of, of of other people like heavy hitters in in golf circles coming in and and obviously um, showing showing what side they're coming down on. I think you'll uh, find an awful lot of traction. 
I think you'll find in the footsteps of Giants have been major supporters as well. Yes. So right alongside yeah. the likes of Ross Fisher and Dottie, Pepper, etc., etc., you'll find our good selves. Because uh, as Absolutely. we've we've made it very plain that we we think Sam's work is excellent. Oh yeah. Um. This this story is going to run and run. What we're going to do, hopefully, for the next couple of weeks is not focus on this again. We're going to go back to focusing a little bit more on the actual golf being played on course. But because events are coming thick and fast, yep. you know, and certainly we're approaching this from a very simple perspective, as I believe some of the other podcasts I listen to. We're golf fans. We watch this stuff. We want to feel that we're watching the best players in the world compete against each other. We don't want to watch a player who's just got a big check to go somewhere and he really doesn't care about the outcome. And I know these guys are all competitive, but you know, when you suddenly go, well, I can go over here, earn a lot of money without stressing myself as much and I'll probably win because I'm one of the best players in this slightly lesser tour. And yes, I'm maybe coming to the end of my career, but to be honest, the Champions Tour is pretty lucrative these days. You know, why is Phil not for example, going to just play more in the Champions Tour mm-hmm. if he wants off. Why is he not going into TV commentary? Yes. Instead, what he's doing is is it's a scorched earth policy. And I think it, the difference is quite a lot of the others are going to keep it very low key. They may go for the money, but they're not going to try and burn every bridge behind them. Phil somewhere yeah. is, is burning bridges yes, at yes. an insane yeah. rate, which makes yeah. me feel he's got a big enough offer that he really just goes, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil is our standing USPGA champion. I know. Like that, that that's mm-hmm. the most galling aspect of it is that, and and you're you're so right, Martin. It is literally he's got the jerry can behind him and literally just letting the letting the fuel uh, pour out and is about to flick a match, sort of thing. And you're going, oh, the match is flicked, Mike. He has yeah, flicked the yeah. match. A hundred, a hundred percent, and it's just. He, he like all all of the the sort of the blackballing that he did over the weekend um, with a lot of people, and I saw a lot of people sharing the screen grabs of of him having blocked him. It was it was an absolute and against the backdrop of what we're talking about here, it was like a bloody pandemic. It was everywhere across Twitter. It was it was uh, it was scorched earth, as you say, Martin. Which is why I have named tonight's episode Two Men." And a filibuster. <laughs> okay. And okay. that is the yes. official title of tonight's episode. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's uh, what it'll go under. And I do think, watch this space. A lot more is going to happen. But I think we're going to try and go back to talking about positive things rather than the negativity surrounding yeah, this yeah. at the moment until things become a little clearer. Yeah. Well, there's nothing boring about the world of golf at the moment. Yeah. No. I do have a couple of other positive stories, but Des is... Well, uh, I just thought one of the uh, little talking tidbits I like to bring up, quite sad, the uh, golfer Eduardo Romero has died at the age of 67. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know where he was from? What country, Michael? Test you. Uh, Argentina. Oh, very good. And he has ex- Mike got a question wrong tonight? Yeah, he hasn't. He's very sharp tonight. <laughs> he is. He is. I'm telling you, that. But, you, you uh, see that yeah. COVID 2.0? It makes you smarter. <laughs> I've never seen yeah. him this smart. But Eduardo Romero, Romero was, he was an eight-time winner on the European Tour. And, uh, and then after turning 50, of course, he moved into the senior golf and, and claimed two major championships at, at that. Uh, and he also represented his country at the World Cup of Golf on 14 occasions. Uh, alongside who, do you think? Probably Hangel Cabrera. Cabrera. Correct, Angel Cabrera. So, yeah, but that's quite sad. Very young, 67. Apparently, Hangel Cabrera isn't making this year's Masters dinner. Is he not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so... Apparently, they don't do day release wherever he's no, incarcerated. No. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, again, yeah, a very Pato, odd, odd yes. story. Well, look, the, the couple of nice positive things. I, I actually think one of the most positive things in golf this weather and it's definitely along with obviously talking about Thigila last weekend getting many new fans Victor Hovland is unquestionably one of my mm-hmm. new all-time favorites yes. I just really like Victor and the way he's going about things and I came across two fantastic little stories first one you, you already know but this was that um, Richard Bland played his first European Challenge Tour event in June 1998 uh, when he played at the Turkish Open, when Victor Hovland was nine months 
gold. Uh, okay. And they've uh. just recently gone head-to-head in a playoff for the Dubai Desert Classic. Yes. And I've written here yeah. after Rory flamed it right on 18, but that's probably uh. superfluous. Um, what other sport other than golf could deliver that? Exactly. That yes. you're playing top level, uh-huh. one of the best competitions in the world at the Dubai Desert Classic, um, and you're going head-to-head with a guy who, when you started on tour, uh-huh. was nine months old. Yeah, yeah. And you're competing level playing field. I don't think there's any other sport can hold that. I, I don't think there is. No. But then I came across a nice little piece of video, and I think I maybe sent it, certainly I sent it to you, Des. I'm not sure if I sent it to you, Mike, which was about the ping vault. Yes. And this was oh, Victor Hovland yeah. going to the ping vault. I didn't know about this until they actually did this. And what ping do is every time one of their players with a ping putter wins the event, ping take one of the versions of that putter, gold plate it, engrave it, and put it in the ping vault. And if you can find that little piece of film on uh, YouTube or on Twitter, Go look at it. That is very interesting. Vault is How many ping putters were in there? <laughs> hundreds. And each yeah, one thousands. Each one is uh-huh. actually engraved with the the winner's yes. name. And yes. I thought it was a story, it's just one of those nice little stories because we often think that these corporates Mm-hmm. Don't actually really, yes, we're selling product and all the rest of it. But that's a real testament to what Ping are doing. Well, Ping is family owned. It's not a Still, corporate, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it yeah, is corporate. I, it is it, corporate, well, but, course, it's family but I mean, owned. it's family owned, which is the yeah. nice touch of it. Yeah. You know, oh. but I, I, I really like that because, and I mean, that, that vault, um, they reckon, you know, is, is worth a fortune. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're going to have to build a, a bigger uh, vault shortly yeah. because. We're going to need a bigger boat. We are going to need a bigger boat. Mike, what film is that a quote from? Jaws. He really is. He really is on fire. Here, well, that Jaws came out in nineteen seventy-six. What age were you in seventy-six, Michael? Just what I was going to ask. Uh, I would have. I would have been. What was that? uh, Minus. Eight. <laughs> you you were still what was known as a twinkle. Yes. A twinkle, yeah. uh, uh, you know. I, okay. So when I went to see Jaws in 1976, Mike wouldn't be born for another no. eight years. Yes, you know, yes. but anyway, oh, it's, it's amazing what you learn on the standard Correct. Wednesday night Correct. on the podcast. Okay. Our next aim is to start our search coming into the summer for the best nine hole golf courses in Ireland. Yes. And I think that's a search that is going to we're going to have to make a bit of an effort now that you're almost recovered. Des, mm-hmm. we'll maybe be able to go because you can manage nine holes. At I the can, moment. I can. And uh, <laughs> there, there's a few of those. But I think if any of the listeners want uh, to interact via Twitter, which is at itfog under slash podcast, with any suggestions that you have yes. for golf courses, uh, nine hole golf courses, and there's in, a lot of them out there in Ireland. I know, in but Ireland. It's, I've started to do some research and it's trying to pick the ones that you think would be top notch, that yep. would be of interest. So again, the, the tendency is to start looking around the coastal ones and, and the ones that have yeah. a little bit more, um, you know, edge to them. Yes. But there's bound to be some good little nine hole courses that can be anywhere in Ireland. So oh, yeah. any suggestions, please, yes. listeners, uh, so that we can actually start to go and search. The idea is that we're going to do the research across the summer and that will be something that if we get picked up for season three of the podcast, we'll bring the results. And by the way, on that front, uh, gentlemen, just to let you know, we have in fact been picked up oh. uh, for season three. Good. Um, I have spoken to the production company <laughs> that produces this and they have indicated that we are going to go and do oh. season three. Uh-huh. Is it uh, so, sorry linked by any chance? No. No, it's well, not. I, actually, in fact, it, it, it's very, very local. Okay. Um, it's, uh, I think that would be safe to say. But look, I, I think we have, as we've done on many occasions, we've uh, covered a number of things that are of interest to us. We would be delighted if uh, our listeners wanted to respond to some of these things. And, and give us your views as well on what on earth you think is going on and which tour are you going to watch? Are you going to just go out and watch these new satellite tours? Are you going to stick with the PGA and the DP World Tour? What is it that you are going to do? I know what I'm intending to do, and that is to maintain my golf watching of the events that I've kind of always watched. Oh, yes, of course. And I'll probably yeah. ignore the events I've always ignored. Yeah. So total history. Yeah. I mean, that's the ones you watch. You have the Masters and uh, Sawgrass and, and Scottsdale. So, yeah, yeah. 
They'll all still yeah. be here. For but I'll, like, I'll, I'll certainly be watching uh, Riviera closely this week, just given the strength of the field. And also, um, there's uh, a, a couple of the, the pundits uh, seem to come out and suggest that if you if you play well around Riviera, your your the trends and the statistics seem to align quite well with um, your uh, turnout at uh, the Masters. So one uh-huh. to bear in mind as well. Oh. Well, it will be interesting as well. Apparently, the the field this week is stronger on the world rankings than the Masters was, I think, in 2020. That's right. Yeah, I saw that as well. It's a higher ranking. In fact, all 10 of the world's top 10 are playing this week at Riviera. Because there's a $12 million purse. There you go. Big money. Uh, until the next time when we hope to be back to a slightly more normal episode which talks a little bit more about where you can go play and uh, how you can try and chase down the courses that the pros have played. But until we get uh, back to that, uh, on behalf of the podcast, my name is Martin. My name's Des. My name's Mike. Or as we like to say, young Mike. It's always good to have a resident young person on the team. He can check up and he's obviously done his research. We will see you again very soon. If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, please hit the subscribe button from wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you'd like to leave us a good review, that would be most helpful as well. And if you'd like to interact with the podcast, please use our Twitter feed, which is at itfog under slash podcast, and we'll happily deal with any queries or suggestions that you might uh, like to give us for future episodes.